The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Hamas says it's seeking to extend the current four-day pause in fighting if serious efforts are made to increase the number of Palestinian detainees released by Israel. This comes, of course, as we enter the final 24 days of the originally arranged ceasefire. Duncan Bullivant is uh, with us. He was special advisor to the head of the Bosnia Peacekeeping Mission, part of the UK mission to Kosovo in 99, and is now CEO of the Henderson Risk Group. Duncan, good morning. Good morning, Anton. I can see, obviously, the advantage from Hamas's perspective to extending the ceasefire as long as is possible. What's the advantage to Israel? The only advantage to Israel at this point is that it it answers a growing domestic political demand that the cabinet take the plight of the hostages more seriously and that their main focus should be on the return, safe return of the hostages rather than uh, continuing the, the 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 military onslaught in, in into Gaza itself. That's the only real uh, issue here. The the Israelis have very little actually now to gain strategically from a pause in in hostilities, and and Hamas have everything to gain at this point. I would have thought Hamas have something to lose in the release of hostages, though, because that does remove from them some aspect of human shields, and it removes bargaining chips. Yes, you're absolutely right. But Anton, it's a it's a balancing act at the moment because, and time is is ironically now on on Hamas's side. It is going to be extremely difficult for Israel to justify a return to the level of military activity that we we saw prior to the ceasefire, um, because there are still hostages that need to be need to be released, and this has now captured the the world media, and it's now the story. If Israel, for whatever reason, decides that the hostage release program is now over and that they return to full-scale military activity, they will have lost considerable uh, political support from within elements within the international community who might have been uh, on their side in terms of their military response. And of course, domestically, they create themselves, they create an enormous problem for those families whose his loved ones still remain remain in captivity. So I think at this stage of the game, the the Israeli cabinet are on are on the horns of a dilemma. They they are damned if they do and damned if they don't. But every day that goes by without full scale military activity makes it much, much harder for the Israelis to return to full-scale military activity politically. But one assumes that they, that is ultimately where they have to go to, given how securely they've pinned their colours to the, the mast in terms of the total destruction of Hamas. Yes, and there is during this period of, 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 of relative peace in, in Gaza, relative peace in Gaza, during this period of reflection, I think now people have an opportunity to sit back and actually look at some of the statements that have been made by Benjamin Netanyahu over the last few weeks, and we need to we need to actually look at the war aims that Israel is is is, is uh, suggesting. In the, Netanyahu is talking about the eradication of Hamas. Hamas is a <clears throat> was a fighting force of twenty five thousand strong. It is a, it is reasonable to estimate that they lost a thousand fighters. Um, during their original assault in, in October, and they've probably lost another 4,000 fighting since. But 20,000 Hamas fighters still remain in Gaza and are moving, more, we believe, more now into the south. H- how does this look on the ground? And does the international community 
does the, in particular the United States of America have the stomach to see Israel continue its fairly indiscriminate bombing of large areas of Gaza in, in order to prosecute its, its war aims? And I think the answer is very much in the balance. And I don't think that Netanyahu can necessarily rely on that unequivocal support going forward if that is going to be how they how they carry on their campaign. And to some extent, has the release of hostages increased the pressure on Israel in that prior to their release, there might have been questions about whether or not they were alive, what kind of um, condition their health was in. This, to some extent, gives proof of life and health and therefore an expectation that many of the other hostages may be well and may be rescuable. Yes, I mean, I think it gives perhaps hope to those who had, who had given up. And I, I think... The, the the you know the, the great the great joy of of Emily Han's family, um, whose father don't forget just described the Hamas as Gazan terrorists. So he's pretty unequivocal in in terms of, of 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 his view, and I think that's the general perception and general view of Israeli citizens, is that you know that these these we assumed a lot of us assumed that the hostages would become victims of of the uh, military onslaught. Uh, but they obviously have been kept uh, in in relative safety and security. It, right at the beginning, you will remember the very first hostages released praised their captors for their humanity and kindness. So these are all these are very conflicting uh, messages. But I think that the, the we we perhaps sitting in 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 Europe looking at this from afar don't perhaps understand the the anger that the a number of the fam- many of the families feel in Israel towards the the release or non-release of hostages. That is their priority, and at the same time, they're balancing this need for long-term security. Netanyahu, don't forget, always put himself for the last fourteen years. Netanyahu has been Mister Security, and now they've got this sense of insecurity and, and imbalance. You know, they've mobilised five hundred and fifty thousand reservists. To, to prosecute this campaign against Hamas. And now the world is saying, well, hang on, is this the right solution? So you've got discussions now about, you know, going back to negotiations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the, you're, you're absolutely right to state that this is a, this is a proof of life. This is, a, this is actually demonstrating that the hostages are still, are still available for exchange. And as long as that there is hope that hostages can be released peacefully, why, why would you get in the way of that process? It's a real issue for the, for the Israeli government now. You mentioned the long term, Duncan, the, the uh, indiscriminate or the apparently indiscriminate bombing of a largely civilian population. Historically, that kind of action doesn't tend to undermine the guerrilla force that may be within or rather undermine the popularity of a guerrilla force within that civilian population. It tends to do the opposite. Is that what we are seeing now with Hamas? Is Hamas being undermined among the view of the Gazan population or is it being strengthened and is this acting as a recruiting device? I think the latter. Um, the military distraction of Hamas is, I would argue, a pipe dream. Uh, Hamas are amongst the population. They've got the ability to 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 blend and meld in, in, into the population. If you're going to, if you're looking at purely military means to to remove Hamas, then you're looking at at, at continuing the, the current unacceptable levels of, of civilian deaths in, in, in Gaza, which I think the world ultimately has is tiring of, even Israel's uh, strongest allies. 
the other the other issue is that if you if you uh, choose to eradicate Hamas in this manner, you are simply setting yourself up for the next generation of martyrs and the next generation of of, of fighters, whether they're Hamas or whether whether they are you know the the Gazan Caliphate or whatever whatever organization takes it its place, it it will continue. This is this is not a long term solution. Uh, and Netanyahu knows that, but he's pandering to extreme right wing elements within his cabinet who have got some pretty radical views on 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 Gaza in the future. But the United States will there are there are two red lines for the United States, and and that one is that that the the issue of um, a, a an occupation of Gaza, even if it's an occupation light, is unacceptable going forward as a security mechanism. Uh, and the other red line is displace a uh, mass displacement of of Palestinians from from Gaza, perhaps in, into Egypt. Th- those are the red lines at the moment for the Biden administration, and Netanyahu is well aware of that. It leaves him with a very tricky needle to thread. Duncan, thank you very much. That's Duncan Bolivan, special advisor to the head of the Bosnia Peacekeeping Mission, part of the UK Mission to Kosovo ninety nine, and CEO of the Henderson Risk Group, an international risk management advisory. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.